Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Good evening. My name is Pastor Rick, and I want to welcome you out tonight. And I want to thank you for choosing to spend part of your Wednesday night with us. If this is your first time with us, I say welcome. If you're looking for a home church, I definitely say welcome. At the same time, we would like to get to know you a little bit better, and we'd like to connect with you. If you look right there, there's a button that you can push that says connect, and it allows us to connect and reach you and get to know you. And then we have the opportunity to pray with you and talk with you. At the same time, we thank you for the huge, during this during this, what we want to call pandemic, the amount of giving and the, your faithfulness, New Beginnings, has been phenomenal. It's been beyond anything we could even imagine. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for giving. And at the same time, if, if you want to do that, you can do that online through newbeginningsnj.org slash give. And uh, we thank you. And I thank you in advance because we're definitely not going under because we're going over for Jesus. Amen. Well, tonight, we have the opportunity to be with you, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here. And it's going to be going into guarding your heart. There's a lot of things going on in our nation, in our country, around the world for that matter. And there's a lot of things that are, that are encroaching upon the, the body of Christ. And I want to encourage you to guard your heart. And I always like to have a foundation scripture. And the foundation scripture for today and tonight, pretty obvious, Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Now, that, 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 that's from the New King James Version. And the Amplified Classic Edition says, Keep and guard your heart with all diligence. And above all that you do, guard. For out of it flows the spring of life. To guard is to watch over. In order to protect, to control. Protect from damage or harm. To not allow something to, to hurt you. In, this, in the simplest form, I'm prior military. And being in the military, you, when you set up a camp, in the very middle of the camp is what was called the headquarters. Uh, we would joke and say it's the brain center. It's the command center. It's always in the very center. And there's different layers of protection as it goes out throughout the camp to the furthest extremes where you would have, have people that are potentially hidden. So you can see if someone's coming to try to, to take over the camp. But in the very center of that, we are to guard and protect at all times. Now, Proverbs 4, 23 through 27 from the Message Version says, Keep vigilant. Watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Watch your step, and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither right nor left. Leave evil in the dust. My desire for this message tonight is that we would have a divine romance with God. I want you, by the time that we finish, to set your heart completely for God in all purity, holiness, fidelity, and faithfulness. Beginning with God, I want a flow of His love to your heart and from your heart out to everyone you come in contact with. I cannot remember in the last 30 years that I've been saved, born again, where more Christians are getting swept away, not guarding their heart. 
They're getting involved with so much that, that's going on in the world. Uh, additional time off potentially with the pandemic. Potential, the, uh, the, the additional time at home and you can't go places. The outbreak of lawlessness that's going on around us. And with everything that is getting our attention, thereby we are not being supernaturally in love with a loving father. The enemy has a plan for you. And it's simple. Still kill and destroy. And he's attempting to the best of his ability to what hurt the body of Christ bringing division. Tearing it down. He wants to attack your identity. There's even such words that have now been created called identity politics. But our identity is to be found in Christ and him alone. I will not accept this for new beginnings, this division. I will not accept our identity being challenged for new beginnings in Jesus' name. And tonight, by the time I finished, I want us to be madly and deeply in love with our Father. Matthew 24, 3, it's a warning. The disciples came up to Jesus and he was asking them, when will we know the end's coming? And then at this point, I'll pick up in verse 3. As he said upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what sign shall be the coming and the end of the world? Verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Meaning, very simple, there are going to be people, going to be Christians, that are going to be deceived. Now, if we jump down to verse 24, I don't have time to read the entire thing here. Verse 24 says, If it were possible, they do, shall deceive even the elect. Well, I'm not saying this to cause fear. I'm not saying this to, to, to try to manipulate you. All I'm trying to do is awaken us from a slumber, even myself. Because I want us to fall completely head over heels in love with God. There's two, mary, two areas of focus. One is how to rightly relate to God from the heart. And the other is how to relate to one another. Now, specifically within this context, I want the Holy Ghost to talk with you tonight, minister to your heart in four small areas. Number one is fellowship. To fellowship is a friendly association, especially with people who share interest. What are your interests? What are you spending your time watching? What has got where is your time going with this additional time that we have? The second area that I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you, your partnership. Well, partnership is a state of being a partner or partners. So who are you partnering with? And have you researched what they stand for and what they're a part of? Thirdly is your friendships. Now, friendships are where we, we emotionally are coming forth and coming together and building up one another. But are these people building you up or are they tearing you down? And fourthly, and when I started working on this back in February, I really thought this would be the direction we're going and I'm going to be, I'm setting the groundwork for tonight and continue next week. But the fourth one is courtship. And courtship is a period during which a couple develop a romantic relationship, especially with a view to marriage. So I ask you, is your heart protected and only for Jesus? Because in the area of courtship, 
We're to be submitted completely to Jesus until we make covenant with that other person and covenant with God in what we call holy matrimony. All of these areas need to be pure. Now, of the four, you would quickly think of the one, when I say the word pure, would be the one of holy matrimony. But all of these must be pure. Jesus gave us two commandments. He kept it real simple. The first one is in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, and the second one's in 39. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And verse 29 says, and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I said something just a second ago before reading those scriptures of your heart being pure. And you may think, well, when you say pure, typically our minds go to one area. But I want us to, to emphasize the significance of a pure heart. Because in Matthew 5, 8, and if you have your Bibles, you can open that up and mark it. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Well, that word blessed there from the Greek would be fortunate, well-off, happy. <laughs> it, it surprises people when, you know, not being from Jersey and my Jersey, I definitely don't have a Jersey accent yet. We're working on it. But oftentimes someone will come up to me and, how you doing? How you doing? And I don't know how many times at times I'll just say happy. And it takes people off guard. I could use the word blessed and sound very religious, but happy throws them off. But in Greek, the word blessed is happy. So we could translate this, oh, how happy, fortunate, and to be envied or emulated are the pure in heart. Meaning that there's a favor, there's a gift. There's something that's going to be bestowed upon you by God, wherefore you are being brought into happiness. And when we say the, word, say the words, see God, so many times we relegate it to the future. We relegate it to eternity. But I don't know about you, but I'm much or just as much interested in knowing and seeing God and experiencing his love right here and now. I hope by the time we're done, you have a clear revelation, a clear understanding of the love of God and the power of God. I want to see it in my life. How about you? At this moment, we are having so much thrown at us through social media, TV, that as I look around, it's affecting how we relate to God and how we relate to others. Anytime there's a mixture, how we're going to respond and what we're going to be involved with in our problems and our situations and our challenges, any mixture that creates a poison, if allowed in your life. The heart polluted can and will affect you. This idea of guarding our heart, garrisoning our heart, protecting our heart, will affect our relationship with God and with others. Paul goes into this in some detail over around Romans 7, verse 15. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Verse 16, if then I do what I will not to do. Paul was having trouble with this because all throughout Romans 7, he keeps saying, I, I, I. I'm doing things that I don't necessarily want to do. I'm doing things that I don't even believe in. And I believe that's going across our entire nation. It's going across lots of Christians today that are getting involved in things that they're not even quite even aware of what it is. 
When we skip down to verse 24, it says, O wretched man that I am. Well, today's vernacular is miserable. Paul continues. Because the letter is written and it's not divided in verses and chapters. So it goes from I through chapter 7 into the Holy Spirit in chapter 8. And at the start of chapter 8, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, let's define the word heart. Well, in English, it's a hollow muscular organ that pumps blood throughout our circulatory system. Pretty simple. Also known as the central and the innermost part of something. But for clarity, we need to go a little deeper. If we are to guard and protect our heart, and we already have stated that to know God, you must be the pure of heart, we need a little more information. Well, let me start off. The word heart is in the Old Testament, New Testament, 826 times. Whew. A lot to say about the word heart. In the Old Testament, the word heart would be spelled in Hebrew L-E-B. Pronounced actually two different ways. Phonetically, it would be lev. And I talked to a Jewish brother two days ago and asked him how he pronounced it. And he actually pronounced it like a lave. Like, and he said, just like a, you put a piece of wood on a lave to turn it. So you've learned a little Hebrew today. But this word lave there is our heart, our intellect, our awareness, our inner person, inner feelings, deepest thoughts, inner self. As in English, the Hebrew lave, heart, encompasses both the physical organ. In 2 Kings 9.24, it talks about an individual who shot with an arrow through the heart. A person's yearnings or desires is the word lave. In Psalm 37.4, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. What I would call the most noblest occurrence in all of Scripture for Lab is the command to Israel in Deuteronomy 6.5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Jesus gave great emphasis to this over Mark 12.29.30 when Jesus said, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Now, as we continue to work through this, over in Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, he said of the heart that it's deceitful above all things, in verse 17, 9. But in verse 10, it says the Lord analyzes and can figure out what these things are. The prophet Ezekiel prophesied of a day that was coming, which we're in today. <laughs> Glory. And in that, he talks about a stony heart being brought out and a new fleshly heart being brought in. When you may say, does that happen? When you hear the gospel and you believe the good news and it transforms the heart with a new heart. Now, as we move on into the New Testament, the word heart from the Greek is cardia, spelled with a K, K-A-R-D-I-A. English words that would sound familiar to that would be cardiac. If you're someone who goes to the gym, cardio, it's when you're exercising the point that your heart starts to, to get raised. 
In each of these instances, the word cardia is, it's our center. It's where the fruit of the Spirit is. It's where the love of God is. It's the dwelling place for the new covenant believer of the Lord and the Holy Spirit. It is the invisible, the inner person. (laughs) It's the real you. This flesh is not the real you. It's the part that will live on into eternity. It's the part that fills our hearts. And from our hearts, it fills our mouths. Out of the, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it's much more than just a matter of the heart. It's not our emotions, which is part of our soul. It's not what we often say, it's a matter of the heart in the area of romance. It's not feelings. Today we have a generation that is the most important thing to them is how something makes them feel. And they are dominated by their feelings. We know feelings are true. We know emotions are a part of us. But folks, and I'm not teaching on spirit, soul, and body tonight, but you are a spirit. It is the real you. You possess a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in this earth suit or a body, this flesh. And I say it in that order, spirit, soul, and body, because me as a new covenant believer, New Testament believer, I need to be focused more on the inside than I do the outside. Most people today, even Christians today, are much more concerned with this flesh, much more concerned with this body. We hear it all across. That's the talk right now. So if I were to list the most important thing, the key is the heart is the key to everything. Now, once again, Proverbs 428, this time from the New American Standard Bible. Watch over your heart with all diligence. For from it, what? The heart flows the springs of life. Folks, this is our internal fountain of everything is from our heart. The faith message years ago got a bad rap. It was much more concerned about what we were getting or people interpreted that way. That's not really the way it was taught. If I were to give you a definition for the word faith, it's simple enough. It's beliefs. And our faith or our beliefs are to control or govern what we think, what we say, and what we do. And our faith, faith comes by hearing the word and hearing the word of God. Our beliefs are to be formed by the word of God and only the word of God. But they're so hugely important because that is control. That's our barometer. That's what guides us. And it's to be established from our heart. From a word study, 158 times the word heart is in the New Testament alone. 1 Peter 3, 4 says, hmm, the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible. This is the true character of who you are. Actually, good or bad. What a person really believes comes from the heart. There's so much to the word heart. Matthew 15, 18 says, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. Faith is of the heart. Mark eleven twenty three, And we know that we love that scripture. At the same time, when you're born again, you believe in your heart, according to Romans 10, 10. You believe in your heart and you speak forth out of your mouth. From the heart to the mouth. So as parents, leaders, teachers, mentors, coaches, from clergy to laity, 
We need to encourage. We need to set an environment. We need to have an expectation for people to develop a heart for God. If there's a mixture outside of that, it needs to be purged out. I am believing right now the Holy Ghost is dealing with you in some areas that you may need to change, lay down, move forward in. Our desire is to, is to push us to be highly in love with God. Our conscience by the Holy Spirit is to be sensitive. And whatever junk needs to be brought out that's vying for your attention needs to be brought out. Oh, God, change our hearts. Oh, God, change our interest. More of you, less of us. Let me read from Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. This just keeps showing up all throughout Scripture. With all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Hmm. From the time they're young. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Meaning we're not ashamed of it. We're going to talk about it. When you walk by the way, you should talk about it. When you lie down, you should talk about it. When you rise up in the morning, you should talk about the love of God. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. <laughs> and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Now, when you enter a Jewish home, many times there's a little box. And one of the scriptures that would be in there would be from Deuteronomy. Another one very well could be from Hosea. Hosea gave a prophecy, and I see it as such a beautiful picture of a love that we have from the Father and for us for the Father. Hosea 2.9 says, And I will betroth you to me forever. Hmm, a picture of a wedding. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. Now, the picture that we see here is that of a, of a wedding. We've all been to weddings at one time or another, and you see the groom at the front of the church, and he's looking back down the aisle way, and all of a sudden, out comes around the corner becomes his bride. I can think back to 30-something years ago, just past 30 years ago. I was looking down the aisle. My excitement, my adrenaline was up. My hands were sweating. I looked up and saw Jennifer. She had a, just a huge smile. She was so pretty, the excitement that I had. I could not wait for her to get down here. My hands were trembling. Yes, I was excited. My emotions were through the roof. She looked so beautiful, so exciting. That is the prophecy that is being given by, from Hosea of God's love to us and what he promises in that betrothal. This is where I want us to go. I don't want us to have some mental ascent. I want us to have experientially all out in love of a relationship and an aggressive love with God himself to us.
Mark 12, 29. Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Now, in our Western society, we put things in files. We want them real neat and in order, separated, so we can see them, so we can understand them, so we can diagnose them, so to speak. In the Jewish family, these teachings were in the open. As I went through earlier, it was showing in every phase of life the love of God and from the heart. But like I'm saying, with our Western mindset, we want things in compartments. We want them real neat. Everything has to have its place. Everything has to have its file. Hmm. I have my church life. I have my family life. I have my fun life. I have my private life. My secret life. And we separate them. And sadly, at times we're not even the same person in each of these. How often do we respond in quite a different way depending upon the environment? Jen tells the story of my wife, who I'm crazy about and love. But she tells about a time that years ago where she had her church friends and we had our other friends. Now at this time, you know, we were miserable. Kind of like what Paul said earlier about being wretched and miserable. But we were in church every Sunday. We were serving every Sunday. Outwardly, you would think we were doing the right things. But we'd grown cold in our love. We'd grown cold in, in who we were and where we were. And we did not have an all-out, head-over-heels love for the Father. Now, was I born again? Yes. Was I saved? Yes. Was I, and as I said, I was serving in church every Sunday. Now, how awesome would it be if we were madly and passionately in love with God and then it was allowed to work in each and every area in every compartment? See, the Jewish family, they teach it openly. It's not hidden or separate. They have a strong love and devotion for God. They would not even consider having a diary or something secretly to write about keeping it private. No, it's out open. They're not going to keep it hidden or kind of ashamed only for certain times. Let me give you another example. A prophet one day came up to King David. And according to that, over in Samuel 12, 12, it says, for you did it secretly. Hmm. See, the problems occur when we break off and we're secret, we're alone. During those times, what are you feeding on through social media? What are you taking in on your computer? I know this isn't fun right now. Holy Ghost is speaking to different people. What pictures and photos are you meditating on over and over? What mental pictures are you holding how much is the news stories affecting and controlling your thinking? Is it the next protest? Are your emotions getting caught up? Are you concerned if you don't take part at some level or say something, what will someone think? 
What will someone think? Are they bullying you into saying things that you don't even agree with or taking part in something you don't even agree with? Is it something that is really in your heart? Or on the inside, do you know a little bit better, but you feel like to stay silent would be a problem? All of these and many more are eating away at Christians. What words are controlling you? Because like never before, the enemy is wanting to bring division to the body of Christ because he knows his time is short. And he also knows that there's power in unity when we come together. Holy Spirit, please show each one of us the areas that we need to relinquish and remove the junk that is clogging up our devotion and love for, for you, Lord, and others. Please, Lord, let us be quick to set down and change course where you show us. It is quite simple. We need to simplify and intensify. I want more of God with a greater love and devotion. Therefore, out of this, I will be more effective for the kingdom of God. I am sensing now more than ever, and I've not been an end-time preacher my entire 30-something years, but I am sensing more on the inside now that our time is shorter than we even recognize. We need to get it right. We need to get it right now. Let me tell you how, I already told you how David was confronted about what he'd done in secret. So what did King David do? He responded by writing Psalm 51. Psalm 51 gives all the details of all his sins <laughs> that we still read today. Ouch. By his opening up, he then allowed the love of God to flow to him that it was said of him that he was a man after God's own heart. I dare you to change. I dare you to open your heart up to move forward. In the New Testament, we could close with this. 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Because out of our heart are all the issues of life. And we are to guard. We are to protect it. We cannot afford to allow this other stuff in. Holy Spirit, right now, speak to the people of the things they need to be a part of or don't need to be a part of. Our time is short. Let them be willing to set things down that need to be set down. In Jesus' name, amen. I thank you for this Wednesday night. I thank you for being a part of this. We're here at New Beginnings. We love you. The pastoral staff is praying for you. We're glad to call you friends, family. If this is your first time, once again, go ahead and hit the connect button. We want to meet you and get to know you even better. Until next time, this is Pastor Rick. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.